Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. And Frank. Hey, welcome everybody listening and the 400 people listening to us live to Pottercast number 183, our live show with the Blog Brothers. No. Welcome. Oh, we're so excited. John and Hank Rean are the Blog Brothers. For the very few of you listening who don't know this, um, they are tearing up YouTube. They're making the world safe for nerds again, and we're so happy to have them on here. Welcome, guys. Thank oh, you. It's our distinct pleasure. Uh, once again, it's a podcast. It's your regular hosts, Melissa, John, Sue, and Frack, the Blog Brothers. And like not all weeks, we have to say hello to our friends from Audible.com this week. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. You can get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash pottercast today for details. Is, is Paper Towns an audiobook? Paper Towns is an audiobook available today at audible.com. <laughs> that could be the free audiobook that you pick by going to audible.com slash pottercast. <laughs> awesome. We're off to the races. Sue, what is in the news this week? There is one bit of news that I feel that it is worth um, commenting on, and I don't mean to put a damper on our, our podcast here, but um, the, the, our preparations are underway this week for filming on Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, and unfortunately, um, there, there is stunt work going on, and a young man who was Dan Radcliffe's double was doing a stunt when he was um, rigged up for an aerial stunt, and um, he fell, and unfortunately, at this point, there he was he had a sustained a severe injury to his um, back and his spine. And, um, oh, severe. He's, yes, it's actually really quite serious, and um, we don't know at this point, though, I mean... I, you know, by the time this comes out, things could have turned for the better. Let's all hope. But um, uh, all of us, needless to say, we are very concerned, and we hope that he is does better. And it's very tragic. So um, that's all that we know at this point. You know. Yeah. So that that's our big news. And and reminder: by the time the po- podcast comes out, too, the one other thing. Speaking of the cast, uh, Rupert Grint is in a new film called uh, Cherry Bomb, and it's going to premiere um, next week at in the Berlin Film Festival, which is kind of a big deal. So um, stay tuned. We have loads of interviews and photos and all that kind of thing for that. But. Hey, I got a funny little surprise for you. I think we're actually oh. going to get a question or two in on, on Rupert uh, at that festival. <sighs> our order partners, Rupert Grint.net, will be doing a little interview. Over there. Excellent. That's great That's news. That's what truck is. That's what I want to ask him. I mean, unless the listeners have any ideas of what Rupert needs to be asked about, I want to see how the ice cream oh, truck's no. been working out for him. Did you guys hear this? Excited. All these millions he got from Harry Potter, he bought an ice cream truck. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, That's amazing. <laughs> There's no reason to buy a fancy car. you gotta buy, you got to buy a cool car. Because then everybody would talk about it forever. Be like, that guy, that's the guy who bought the ice cream shop. Oh, I mean, no. get wrong, be like, and I doubt an ice cream guy. depreciates in value. Get a sports car two years. Is <laughs> totally. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, what year was your ice cream truck? <laughs> you never hear anyone say it's a 2006 ice cream truck. <laughs> no, it's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I, Hank and I often talk about uh, being eccentric thousandaires, <laughs> uh, where, where we sort of go and do smaller scale eccentric projects. And it seems to me that that an ice cream truck could be an eccentric thousandaire project. <laughs> yes. Right. If we could fit like a, a bed in there, I just live in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got all the rock sleep. You just turn the yeah. music yeah. on. And you just you're good to go. I don't. I don't know. No, if there's anywhere that Catherine would be more comfortable. <laughs> uh, pimp my ice cream truck. Does he Is use he actually... the ice cream truck? Is he an ice cream salesman? I don't know. Or is he I just bet like he has a proxy. See, I... I, feel like, I feel like we've gone the gamut on how on how much we can talk about Rupert's ice cream truck. Oh, okay. Well, like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like we're spending the conversation. Okay. Yeah. So that's. that's what else it. is up in the news, Sue? I think I think that's good, but I do want to say LeakyCon, LeakyCon, LeakyCon. Yeah, registration oh, is going. Um, the price is going up. So, um, mm-hmm. wait, hold on. What? They can't what? hear you, Melly. They can't hear you. Oh, Mushka has a knife to Melissa, telling her to be quiet. Uh, <laughs> do, do Hank and John know who, about who Mushka is, John? Why don't you film them? Mushka. Mushka is Melissa's they ferocious, probably... abusive cat animal. That uh, will just randomly strike indiscriminately against people who will come into her apartment. That's true. It's totally true. Okay, <laughs> Melissa, I you, I love cats, and I have put myself in harm's way with Muchka many times because I'm stubborn, <laughs> and she hates me, and I'm just not afraid of cats, so it will attack me until I bleed. But I don't care. I'll hug it. But it doesn't. It is very aggressive and doesn't like people sometimes and will like sit in the middle of the hallway and hiss if you go from there yeah. and it lunges at you and expects you to jump i don't jump so i confuse her sometimes but then she just bites me and then runs away. yeah i love her though she's a sweet cat but she's just i mean you'd think she was she like 30 years old and just hating life but she's only like two or something and she's still equally hating life so she'll mellow out when she gets older my cat did yeah okay now i would like to know if people can hear me something is loud you're melly if everybody is loud, then maybe you could turn your volume down on your own headphones there, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, I think they can hear There, they got you. Oh, it's back, okay. Where do we leave off, Sue? Uh, we were talking about LeakyCon, right, Melly? LeakyCon? LeakyCon's registration is going up. And you better have bought your ticket already because not only are they going fast, you're gonna have to spend more money for it, which sucks. Oh. And B, can, can we ask you? Can we? Can we ask you guys right now? Are you coming? <gasps> hey, the two of us? Yes. Oh, I thought you were asking the studio audience. <laughs> no. About Leaky, are you gonna come to Leaky Con? The studio audience. Uh, oh, that's a pretty good chance. I'm coming. Yeah. Oh. John's, I'm definitely, definitely 100% coming. All right. I, John's ca- what's the story with you, John? Aren't you going to be in Australia like the next day? I am definitely 100% coming, and then I am flying from LeakyCon to Australia. Whoa. Wow. That's, that's pretty HC. That's awesome. Yeah, well, that's how I feel about LeakyCon. I am extremely excited. And Hank, your wiffle waffle stuff does not go over well right now with me. <laughs> I don't like to hear that. What I want to hear is, could. yes, I'm going to make my brother happy by being a gigantic rock star at LeakyCon. Yay! <laughs> yes. 
not only because the, the intense connection with Potter that you that you guys have, but because you're a YA author, Hank, you're very into the, the, the Potter and the fantasy stuff. It's it's just perfect. And given our you know our kind of history, it's, it would it would feel incomplete if you guys weren't there. Oh, thank, thank you. you, Hank. What are your reservations? What can we do? Oh, I just have to talk to Catherine about it. That's my only reservation. <laughs> Yeah. I, I just can't. Uh, I can't agree to something with that. Uh, she's probably listening right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, I, I, I will have. To, I will have to say, Catherine, can I go? And then she will say yes, and then I will s- confirm. But to say yes without asking Catherine first would be. Uh, I, I think that Flipper, the god of dolphins, would look down on me. <laughs> Flipper. Flipper. <laughs> we love Flipper. Um, um, I have one. I have one little extra piece of news, oh. guys. Um, it has. It's not really a, a piece of Potter news, but we have to thank. We have to congratulate a friend, our dear friend, Hot Cheryl, Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Klein from Scholastic, Ooh. who has been on the show many times as a continuity editor of Pottercast, and according to John, has five T's at the end of her name, has mm. earned her sixth or her seventh this week, because two of the books that she edited won awards at this year's. American Library Association Awards Banquet, which was just recently. Wow. Uh, nice, they, Cheryl. They are called A Cursed Ark is Gold by Elizabeth C. Bunce, which won the first ever William C. Morris Award, which is for a, a debut of a young adult book. And then she also won an award. Her, her author won the award for uh, Morabito, Guardian Spirit of the Guardian of the Spirit, won the Mildred Bachelor Award for Outstanding Translation, and she edited both those books. So we're very proud of her. She's very excited, and we want to send everybody, um, tell everybody to Center their congrats. Sweet, rocket, Cheryl. So let's go. Let's move on to the main chunk of this week's show, which of course is the Vlog Brothers, who we're so so very happy to have here. Uh, for the new people in the audience, the Vlog Brothers started as Brotherhood Brotherhood 2.0, which was a YouTube channel in which John and Hank Green posted videos every other day. They they would alternate. And it was the idea was to get to know each other better by not communicating textually for an entire year. So on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash vlogbrothers, they posted these videos. And whenever one of them broke a rule, like, say, accidentally CCing one of them on an email, they would punish each other. And what, what was the first one? You had to wax your chin? Yeah, I had to wax my chin, uh, which, just in case you're wondering, is horrible. Is it? <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, I I've never done anything that was so physically painful in my life, including like compound fractures of my arm. Oh god! Oh, okay. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, although it made you Is know it made painful? for good video. There's a there's a moment in that video when I right after I wax my chin when there are basically tears rolling down my face and my wife cannot stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> she just thought it was the funny thing in the world. She could barely hold the camera. Yeah, terrible. It was terrible. But anyway, so so. As this, this this project grew, you gained a following. But about halfway through the year, Hank, mm-hmm. you wrote a song. I did. How did well, this? Well, it was it was like it was like the week before Deathly Hallows came out, um, and I had just written a couple weeks before that. I'd written a song about how much I enjoyed Helen Hunt as a as an actress and a woman, <laughs> and uh, and John was like. Oh no! Cursing. <laughs> Merlin's beard. <laughs> Hank can play guitar, um, and uh, it's he had. I mean, I I had learned over the last year or so, and he didn't even know that I played guitar, and and I didn't even know that I wrote songs. So, um, so he uh, he was like, "You should write more songs." Um, and the next song that I wrote was this. Uh, 
you know, you write about what you're thinking about. And I was thinking a lot about the Deathly Hallows and the fact that I was sort of scared about what was going to happen and sad that it was ending and excited about it coming out and just sort of extremely frustrated that I couldn't get it. And I'd been like sitting there, like talking about it with my friends and thinking about it and like positing and going to Harry Potter forums and trying to figure out you know what people were thinking was going to happen and uh to to close out the series and so i finally just broke down and i uh i wrote a song about it and uh it got featured on the front page of youtube it got featured on pottercast and lots of people uh, came to to watch and watched our other videos and because of that i think that uh John and I started taking the project a lot more seriously, and uh, and I started taking Harry Potter a lot more seriously. Yeah, the strange thing about this for us is that, you know, it, we probably wouldn't have a video blog today if it weren't for Pottercast. Uh, and, you know, it, Lizzie uh, was a huge uh, fan of ours from the beginning and a big supporter, and when that, when y'all started... Um, pushing Hank's song, uh, Axio Deathly Hallows, or Accio Deathly Hallows, or Osio Deathly Hallows, we can discuss that. Um, <laughs> when, you, uh, when, you started, when you started pushing that song, it really changed our video blog forever, because instead of having a couple thousand viewers, all of a sudden we had a lot. And uh, it's, so it, it's, it's really wonderful for us to be here, um, because y- we're so grateful to, uh, to you and to the whole fan community for launching our video blog seven months after we started it. Well, you keep saying this thing, this, um, this, that, you know, you wouldn't have. It's true. It's not true. It is true. I don't want to fight with you, but it is true. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can save the fighting for the, for the, for the zombies versus unicorns. Yes, that I'm I will fight with you about. Because <laughs> we're going to fight. Cause I, I've got you, I've got you pwned. You wait. So anyway, <laughs> um, no, but it was, it was, of such interest to our fans and it, the, we didn't know that under under us that the groundswell among our, even our staff was they were becoming fans of you guys even before I mean that's how Lizzie knew yeah to tell us about you guys so you know videos go viral all the time if you didn't have a great project underneath it you it wouldn't have nothing would have happened yeah the right, substance that's true. was there I mean, and we just were lucky enough to be the first ones to notice on a large scale so yeah, but nonetheless, thanks. <laughs> well, nonetheless, thanks you. Well. <laughs> Let's just do that for the next hour. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. No. Oh, but yes, you know, you're welcome, everybody. viewers. Can listeners. I just say, when we were we were right in the middle of just there, just this incredible amount of emotion right before those few days before the book came out, and for you to put out that video was just. For me, it was a well-needed laugh, and I just, mm. I really enjoyed it so much. So for me, I, I thought it was a pleasure. So I'm not going to go in that thank you, thank you thing, but it was, I think for a lot of people, it was just really, it was perfectly, the timing was perfect on it, and it was just so much fun, and, and so many people loved it. Just, it was amazing. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Well, it was sort of a, a shock to me as soon as I uh, I wrote the song to begin discovering how many other people were writing songs about Harry Potter, and been really amazing to be a part of that community and various and, and sort of not uh, not not really huge ways but in, in cursory ways and meeting meeting people and, and hanging out with different wizard rockers and it's just been a really great community to be a part of and really really fun um, and so much great music is coming out of it all the time so <laughs> um, 
Yeah, you guys, you sort of became a wizard rocker before you even knew. Oh, yeah. I did not know that there was a thing called wizard rock. Um, really? I was entirely unaware of its existence. Really. Cool. And, yeah, and so now I, when I, I tell people was. about it, they, they uh, people, people are shocked. I'm like, yes, there's a whole community of people. We write songs about Harry Potter. It's like Christian rock, but way more awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any Christian wizard rock bands? Mm, that's, uh, that's bound to be coming. I mean, that's that's go- it's going to happen. Now that it's you've announced happen. it. Yes, I am. I am, in fact, desperate. I I have no musical talent myself, but uh, my my author friend Maureen Johnson and I are desperate to see the formation of a wizard rock band called Tonks for the Memories. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> so now, in, bad. In, in my defense, we came up with that title before book seven, so it, it, it's darker now than it was then. Oh my god! You but know, I, I think Tonks for the Memories is a fantastic wizard rock band name, and I cannot believe that it has not been taken. What kind of music would they? <laughs> what play? does a guy have to do? To get a myspace.com slash tonks for the memories band. <laughs> oh, man. So, so, oh, I mean, because there's actually a really great group that we know as Tonks and the R's are wonderful. Oh, yeah, but, they're great. Yeah, Stephanie to do a cover, like a song called that. <laughs> that would be fun. Something like the Potters could do, cause, or maybe Wompy. He could do like a really fun play on that. He's, uh, yeah, Willows would be funny. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> could do a song that's just about the, uh, the, the, the characters we, we loved who aren't with us anymore. There's a great song by um, Danny Dementor about that. It's, it's for the Fallen, and he sings about all the characters who die. Really oh, that's great. great. It's one of my favorite That's songs. right, oh, Frankie. That's a good memory. Hey, good before idea. we get into other conversations about people that um, we don't have with us anymore, Aww. can you guys just tell us a little bit about yourselves? I mean, people new listening to this won't really know who you guys are outside of being the Vlogbrothers. So whichever one of you wants to start. Yeah, we need your house, too. <laughs> my what? I, I'm sorting. When it comes to sorting, mm-hmm. people hate me for it. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, "What are you going to do with my house?" <laughs> I need <laughs> your house. <laughs> I need it in Southern California <laughs> right now. It's going to deliver, but we can handle it. Hank, um, I um, I live in Montana. I have a cat who is very nice and not mean at all and will never, ever scratch you, even if you treat her very poorly. Um, actually, one time I kissed her 17 times on the head. I counted. I said, kiss, one, kiss, two, mm-hmm. kiss, three. And uh, and then she hit me on 17. Oh. <laughs> this seems to be extremely relevant to your core biography. <laughs> I mean, it's not a 17-hour show about our cats, Hank. <laughs> okay, okay. Um and uh, professionally, I write about environmental technology when I'm not doing Brotherhood hey. 2.0 and songwriting and, and videos um, at ecogeek.org, which is my blog. I sell advertising, and that pays most of my bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, and sort of in, in addition to that, I do web development and design and that kind of stuff. Awesome. Um, hey. I've never written a book, but I would like to. My brother is John Green, and he is going to talk about himself now. Also, Hank has a uh, Hank is a musician and a very successful one, and has a CD out called "So Jokes." Um, I, Hank, I hate to have to shill for your work, but I will if I have to. Well, uh, I'll shill for yours. You shill for mine. This is uh, this is John. I'm 
young adult novelist. I write novels for teenagers. I also write sometimes for All Things Considered on NPR, and I write for the New York Times Book Review, mostly reviewing young adult novels. My three books are Looking for Alaska and Abundance of Catherines, and my new book that came out in October is called Paper Towns. And I'm married, and I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. I think that's all. Well, it's it's always an aim on podcasts to get more young adult authors in here because it's um it's so important to us that people know that it's okay to read other things besides Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> it's important to us too. <laughs> I bet it would be uniquely important to you, John. <laughs> well, it's fun. I mean, you know, I uh, I it's it's what what is important to me is that adults know that it's okay to read young adult books besides Harry Potter. I mean, I think that that gets lost sometimes and I'm very grateful for my adult readership. And that's a big part of, um, a big part of the, the kind of core of people who like my books. So. Hmm. Well, I want to ask you something. Sure. What do you have against Tonks? I don't have anything against Tonks. I this is, I see, I already know what you're going to do to me. Yep, I already planned it out, but I have nothing against like Tonks. I think that what happened to Tonks is thing precipitated by unicorns. You're wrong. <laughs> I, what? I'm right. It was it was a terrible thing that unicorns did to the world. What? Yes. You want me to tell you so, why? I yes, think we need to know I, why. I can't understand this. Did or did not Voldemort survive by drinking unicorn blood, and otherwise he would have died. No. No. Mm. Wrong. Uh-uh. Wrong. How he was is that weak? Wrong? He was because weak. He well, okay, so we have, so we don't know, but but he ate the unicorn blood for for strength. And unicorn didn't come up and say, "Hey, Voldemort, suck my blood." <laughs> <laughs> I think they were killed. Would, would that they have? <laughs> I mean, that would have been a great scene. Um, <laughs> yes, it's true that, that, that they did not come bad. up and say, "Hey, Voldemort, <laughs> suck my blood." But... You're in the wrong book series, Frank. Yeah. Okay, anyway. I, I, but unicorns are a source of magic and good. They are no. used they're in a source of They're a source of strengthening Voldemort. And, that's, and that's what they are that to me. That was an act of evil Voldemort that he that poor Voldemort animal. strengtheners that then proceeded to kill Tonks. They're, to, they're no, Tonks murdering uh, horned beasts of suck. No, listen. I agree that they suck. <laughs> <laughs> I agree that they suck. I don't, I, I don't like unicorns. I think the idea of a unicorn is stupid i think they do very little for anything but down a dark alley one night i'm choosing the unicorn oh i mean and who would i rather want to fight i would much rather fight a unicorn than a zombie but that's not the game (laughs) the game is not do we would we prefer to to, uh to have an army of zombies or an army of unicorns the game is which sucks worse and can we can we agree can we agree that in harry potter the zombies are the inferi i would oh we have sure yes okay voldemort's not the unicorn blood. The unicorn blood strengthened him, but he he would have survived. It just he just wouldn't have been strong as he was at the end of book one. However strong that was, he could not have survived without the Horcrux. And what was protecting the Horcrux? All right, that's that. No, I'm not saying that's Uh-oh. that's fair. That's true. Uh-oh. 
but we already but here's the difference Melissa we already knew that zombies were evil you know <laughs> like like we're we're led to believe that unicorns are good but what do they ever do that's good they produce their tails or magical powers like my man that Cedric Diggory had one in his <laughs> wand and it's a true. force of good that's true you know that's true Sue so they produce good. So there you go. So but surely there have been plenty of have... death theaters that have unicorn haired ones. I mean, well, just statistically, that's another excellent point. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's course. not like it's just good people who can get their hands on right, unicorn Right, but it, it's all about your choices, though. It's all about your choices, what you do with that wand. It's all about their choices. I'm not going to back down on this. I'm, I'm appalled Blaming, on this. this yeah. Blaming the unicorns here. Is, is like saying it's the gun and not the person. I, I think exactly. it's the gun and the person. Mm. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that Voldemort isn't uh, culpable in his uh, <laughs> inexplicable rage of constant evil. All I'm saying is that the unicorns also played a role in killing Tonks. I would unicorns say killed Tonks. That's that what the I, zombies. I, you're not going to. You're not going to convince me otherwise. And poor <laughs> Tonks. What? What did Tonks ever do to unicorns? <laughs> I did nothing. <laughs> It's, it's very <laughs> sad when you did, think about it. But because these unicorns, they rear up out of nowhere and they basically spear Tonks in the heart with their ugly horns. <laughs> their horns are beautiful and majestic. <laughs> this is just crazy I have no logic love for that it is the, the mutant blob gross thing of Voldemort that destroyed Tonks, not the creature yeah. of goodness and light that is unicorn. Yeah. They have this mercury is crazy. blood. <laughs> he has all sorts of mutant blood. John, no, we can tell you all about no, Mr. Blood. No, we're not starting on Mr. Uh, blood. We're just, we're not. We're not. It's a two-year-old discussion. Just... I, I don't think that, I, I just don't think that we're going to come to any kind of consensus on this. And and, no. and that is ultimately the point of the unicorn zombie debate, is that uh, it divides us in a healthy way. It allows us to be tribalistic without wanting to kill each other. <laughs> and, you know, okay. I'm in the I'm in the unicorn. I mean, oh god, I can't be. Ha <laughs> We have it live on podcast, folks. Yes, we have it live. I'm gonna loop it. I, I can. I, I feel like you I'm guys recorded. are gonna loop that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm the unicorn. I'm the unicorn. Over and over I'm the unicorn. And over again. I am on Team Zombie, and I will never abandon Team Zombie. I don't even like zombies. I just hate unicorns. Team Zombie. Hank, so do you, you even would feel a zombie over a unicorn? Just to spite the unicorn? I would choose. I would choose. I would choose the life of one zombie over the lives of a thousand unicorns. Oh, no. I got to hear though, but zombies aren't alive. That's true, that's true. I would choose the undeath of a zombie over a thousand blood unicorns. You know hey, are you on Team Zombie this? or Team Unicorn? Hmm. Um, I'm, on, I'm on Team Tribalistic without actually hating each other. I think there's a lot to be said for zombie unicorns, to be honest. Yes, <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I didn't think of yeah, that. That would be like horrible. That. That's trippy. The zombified like unicorn is the best possible solution. Whoa. You know what's really funny about this conversation? Hmm. I thought awesome. that our podcast could not get nerdier. <laughs> no, oh. Yeah, we're going to take it to some nerdy places tonight. <laughs> and that's okay. Hey, speaking of nerds, hey, tell us about what the nerd fighters. Yay for segues. Tell us about oh. the nerd fighters and how that all started. What house are you guys? We're <laughs> not segueing. What house are you guys? <laughs> hey, what house are you? Come what on, house are you? I think that I would... I, I, uh, I'll I'll go ahead and say that I would be a Ravenclaw. Yeah, I would be. I'm pretty sure, sure I would be a Ravenclaw. 
we had a bet before, and it was a pretty poor bet because we all thought you'd say Ravenclaw. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it wasn't much of a bet. I don't think anybody's winning. Nobody's on that winning one. anything. Oh, I am. <laughs> well, well we have... okay. Nerd fighters. Yes. How did this all start, and what are they? Well, uh, a long time ago, in uh, right when our video blog uh, started, I came across a video game in an airport arcade. I travel a lot, and I came across a video game in an airport arcade called Arrow Fighters, but the uh, font makes it look like it's called Nerd Fighters, and the fans of our video blog took that cue and started calling themselves nerdfighters and they've been calling themselves nerdfighters ever since and nerdfighters are just people who fight for nerd culture and for the rights of nerds and generally celebrate intellectualism over vapidity hank is that fair i like it yeah <laughs> you, you, you you're like the teller to my pen tonight <laughs> i'm i'm not the talker you clearly not. the talker i don't know hank i've seen your videos Yes, well, I get I get to uh, spend spend lots of time taking taking takes. Over and over. You know, that's my yes. question. I've been wanting to ask this question. Approximately, on average, how long does it take either one of you two to put together uh, a regular generic blog for the day? Well, I mean, if it's like a video in which my wife sings a Britney Spears parody and I lip sync to it and there are like 20 different tracks and uh, and, and they all have to be synced together then you know and I've never used Final Cut Express before it can take you know 27 hours <laughs> <laughs> but how, how long does an average video take you um, it, if, it, if I'm going really fast I can do it in about two yeah I would say that I can do it in two but it's usually more like three or four yeah. Wow. But how is this impacting your lives? I mean, that's a, that's a huge commitment when you have websites to run, books to write. Seriously, yeah, it's especially it... a huge commitment when no one was watching it and we just did it. Yeah. And now we're like, not enough people are watching. And then it's like, if we could call up our old, like, two years ago selves and be like, hey, should we keep, should we keep working really hard on this project? You know, and, and they'd be like, dude... We're working just as hard as you, and we have, you know, one one hundredth of the reason to do it that you do. So shut up and get your ass in gear. Yeah, that's my um, opinion. Uh, that's uh, it is it is a lot of work, but we also, you know, we we love this community so much and we care about it so much that it doesn't always it doesn't feel like work in the same way that work feels like work. Um, and I, th I mean, for me, at least, I see it as part of what I'm doing. Like, I don't really see it as separate from writing books because it's all it's all part of having having a seat at the, the table in people's lives. You know, yeah, that's your way of putting it. Yeah. You know, can I, I just say this? I, I, I am not I have not um, I guess I'm not a traditional nerd fighter and I, I haven't watched a huge amount of your videos. I'll, I'll be honest about that. But I, the ones I've seen have been amazing. And then my favorite one, I will say right now, and it's the ultimate Hufflepuff video is your happy dance one. I love <laughs> that video. So Which how long did it take to put that together? That was amazing. I just Oh, that to took a long time. Oh, uh, we did one. a video in which we had nerd fighters from all over the world uh, doing their happy dances and, and us doing our happy dances. And uh, that took hundreds of hours. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and it also involved a lot of uh, effort from our dad. Remember, Hank? Yeah, yeah. Um, we 
we despaired and were rescued by our father. Yeah, we basically gave up we on the project. We did not think it was and, possible. And, and dad halfway came through. <laughs> dad came swooping in with Final Cut Pro and helped us out. <laughs> if if I showed my father Final Cut Pro, he'd run away. Well, well our, our dad, dad is, is a documentary, documentary filmmaker. filmmaker so. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It was really well done. We even have some of our staff is on, is in that. I saw like Jeff, who's a fellow Hufflepuff of mine, is in there, and it's just all these people that I thought I recognized. It's just amazing. You were talking about the overlap into even them, even then when that was done, there were some Potter fans in there. I thought that that's really cool. But I'm impressed yeah. with the editing but on that. Even that done. video, I mean, it's it's an indication. Sometimes you forget when you're watching your guys' channel that it's. It's these two guys doing videos, and it's funny, and you're having a great time. But then you see a video like that, and you realize what these videos are doing in the real world and how many people from how many places contributed to it. So can you talk a little bit about how the Nerdfighter phenomenon has affected or it, it shown itself in the world? Um, I am always taken aback when I see something in in real life that uh, that we have influenced like uh recently my cousin was in a parking lot in alabama and he saw a license plate that said nerdfighter and he took a picture and sent it to us wow wow i got a dollar bill back uh in change from the grocery store a couple weeks ago that had dftba written on it which is nerdfighter slang for don't forget to be awesome (laughs) and that was you know a dollar bill at marsh in indianapolis uh it is it is weird to see those those little things, but I also I get a lot out of the sort of the, the broader um, uh, things that that we've done every year. We do a project for Awesome, where uh, a lot of YouTubers get together and they make videos with similar thumbnails, and then we sort of utilize the re- the, the the time and the energy and the commitment of nerd fighters to put those videos on all of the front pages of YouTube so that for one day all the videos are about charity and so for one day instead of everybody uh, clicking around and seeing videos about um, you know cleavage uh, they see videos (laughs) about charities Um, and when I see nerd fighters do things like that or you know we've we've done we also uh, raised uh, a lot of money for a a young nerd fighter in Bangladesh who's uh, trying to um, address issues of world poverty. When I see us do things like that, I get really excited about what the community, um, what a, what, a, what a virtual community can do in real life. And in that way, we're inspired uh, a lot by the Harry Potter community, which has done such amazing work. You know, uh, I, I'm really interested in the way that the Harry Potter community has made itself about more than just the books. It's made itself about music and about doing charitable work through the Harry Potter Alliance. And we, I'm such a fan of that. And I, I think yeah. a lot of what we're doing is an attempt to kind of leverage the the same kind of cognitive surplus to do cool stuff. Well, that's awesome. We should get you involved, by the way, with with, with the Harry Potter Alliance. I'm on I'm on the board, and we talk frequently about how you guys have just you're so tapped into making the real things happen. I mean, Project for Awesome. I had such a great time. Yeah, it's fun. Very little idea about what you guys were doing but it was just about the time I was finding out and um, I stayed in the chat room all day and literally I went around, I I must have made a thousand comments, I have no idea but as you see it start happening and as you see YouTube start to get taken over with, like you said, things other than cleavage, it's it's a huge reminder of what an organized and committed community can do 
It's really Yeah, great. you don't have to be big if you work hard. Yeah. You know, what, what impresses me, too, is in your videos, like, you are not afraid. You were talking about the Bangladesh thing. And I, I work in news, and I was very impressed with your one recent video that you did about, you talked about the conflict over in Gaza. And I, I just, I'm so struck by how you, I mean, it was funny how you tied it in with the draft fee, I must say. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> that was quite unexpected. But yeah. it was really, but I just, I admire the way that you talk. Like, your audience, like, a lot of them are younger. I'm, I'm, and, and I'm just so impressed with the, the way that you reached out to to your your viewers and and you incorporate these like these things with charity and, and these issues and, and it's just amazing it's very impressive and it just yeah i think is, well one thing that i've learned as a as an author writing writing books that are uh, marketed to high school students and college students is that uh you can't you can't sell them short you know mm-hmm. you can't act like uh, you can't act like they're stupid. You can't condescend to people who are younger than you. Like they have immense intellectual talents, and and if you give them a chance, they can get engaged with really uh, difficult and and complicated issues um, in a really smart and impressive way. Yeah, um, just it's marvelous. It's yeah. marvelous. I don't want to keep getting serious because I'll be so serious, but I just want to ask you too: Are you a mystery fan? Because your books, like just like the Harry Potter books, started out with a murder. So did Paper Town start out with a murder? Yeah, and I thought that was really pretty. Yeah, cool. there's a lot of mystery element there. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, Paper Towns was just nominated as a finalist for the Edgar Award, uh, oh, wow. which is the big mystery novel award. Um, I was surprised by that. I definitely, I'm, I'm a huge mystery fan, and I'm, I'm really interested in, in, uh, I, I love reading mystery novels, but I didn't. And, and I was conscious that I was kind of playing around with mystery novel elements in Paper Towns, but I didn't quite think of it that way. But yeah, it's a great, I mean, it's a wonderful honor. And I'm I'm such a huge fan of, of books that win the Edgar Award. And plus, it's the first award that I've ever been a finalist for that my mom had, had heard of. <laughs> so that was nice because it was nice to have mom be, be impressed by an award. Yeah. Hank. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here still. Yeah. I Tell like me mystery something. novels. As well. Tell no. us why. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but I don't write books, so it doesn't, uh, my, my opinion shouldn't count. No, no, no. We're, we're on it. No, no go I'm ahead. The question. I, I, I'm a big Agatha Christie fan. Oh, me too. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I sort of... I, I'm, and I also like there's some more like re- realistic mystery, um, but I don't think that you can get any better than Agatha. Um, in terms of like, I don't really feel like anywhere else do you get every piece of the puzzle. And then at the end, like you could have put it together yourself. That's how you feel when, mm-hmm. when Poirot or Miss Marple like puts, puts all the pieces together. Like you're like, oh, well, why didn't I figure that out? And every, everywhere else where I look now and I see like in, in mystery shows uh, on TV, which is like where the genre has moved largely, um, it's like, suddenly at the very end of the show you're introduced to a new character and that's the bad guy right and you're like well, well that i didn't even know who that was that's not mystery yeah like the, yeah so that uh, that is my that's my opinion of of the sort of supremacy of agatha christie see i, I get the feeling from watching the videos that you're you're of the two of you you're the brother who's more into the um the fantasy and sci-fi and etc you're more kind of hardcore in there is that is that right yeah i always tell john that um that i would enjoy his books more if there were some vampires and some wizards and dragons <laughs> and and he's just not having it um but but i think i think uh 
Maybe, maybe I can convince him. Hank, I think do you remember how we had agreed little... that during Sorry? the Pottercast we were going to pretend that my books had wizards in them? Oh, right. Yeah. Well, John's it's it's very much like Harry Potter. John's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all, I, all of my books are set at a wizard school, <laughs> <laughs> and they're very nice. British. Parchment towns. <laughs> Looking for Dumbledore. <laughs> and don't forget an abundance of Nevilles. Yes. I should have called it an abundance of Nevilles. You can never have enough Neville. It's a great title. Never. But yes, Hank is definitely more hardcore than I am about fantasy and sci-fi. Yeah. So how did you get into that? How did you guys end up on different sides of the spectrum that way? Uh, I have no idea. The, the first, uh, the first big book I read, I wasn't much for book reading in uh, middle school and the beginning of high school. The first big book I read was Jurassic Park, and then I went straight from that into Kim Stanley Robinson's Mars trilogy, which is this sort of very thick. And I'm surprised that I was so into it. Um, exploration of like, uh, you know, the the first colonists of mars and then the next like 200 years after that um and maybe maybe just 100 years i'm not sure but i was just like ridiculously into it i i like it was my harry potter when i was like the age of a lot of the harry potter fandom and i didn't have any else anyone else to experience that with um so i just it was very insular for me and and there weren't a lot of other people my age reading those books um, but I went on the internet with it, which was, this was sort of beginning of internet era. And I, I put together like websites about Mars and I was for a long time really, really obsessed with, uh, with the idea of the exploration of Mars and, uh, in terms of like robotic missions and, and human missions. So I was, uh, I was, I was super crazy about space exploration for a while and, but generally, I think that now I still read sci-fi, and I'm really I spend more time reading sci-fi than fantasy. Yeah. Um, I, I think that what sci-fi and fantasy can do for us uh, is that we can explore issues that otherwise can't be explored, like um, you know what what would a society be like if it if it weren't capitalist? What would a society be like if women were a stronger element of the society? What would a society be like? If, um, if, you know, it existed in a cloud of, uh, cotton candy-like, uh, plant organisms that surrounded a distant sun, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and... That and, sounds delicious. And you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I eat that's my way back to Earth, please? That society would be a delicious one. Um, but... You know, and and it's things things that we can't we can't put ourselves in those situations unless we really remove Earth, um, or you know the laws of physics from from our uh, from our understanding. So I yeah, mean, the laws of physics about, are always getting us. It's totally, yeah. and fantasy is about removing the laws of physics, and science fiction is often about removing you know traditional ideas of the Earth. So, I mean, I'm a I think Star Trek: The Next Generation did a really good job of of. Uh, of molding me into a good person. So I think that sci-fi and fantasy can, can do that well. 
Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from, including some written by John Green, to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like Pottercast. Log on to audible.com slash Pottercast for your free audiobook today. Now you do comic books too, I hear, or no? I'm, a, I'm probably the bigger comics book fan than, than Hank is. Nice, we're kind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I grew up, by the time Hank was really into those books, I was at boarding school, and I, I grew up a big comic comics fan, and uh, I still I still am. You know, now now I mostly read uh, graphic novels, but I'm still pretty big into that. What's your, one of your favorite graphic novels? Uh, I really like the book that won the Prince Award a couple of years ago, American Born Chinese. I love Blankets. Okay. Like everybody else, I love Mouse. Yeah, Blankets was good. Blankets Craig. reminded me a lot wow. of my high school self. Uh, I haven't read that. I want to. I want to read Watchmen before the movie comes out. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. good. Totally yeah. good. Yeah. So Hank. Yeah. Tell us why Harry Potter would never buy a Hummer. <laughs> because he has a broomstick. It's <laughs> <laughs> an excellent answer. I'm, I'm pretty sure the broomsticks don't use, like, are completely carbon neutral. Actually. Yeah, I think that I mean, they're they're a carbon neutral form of transportation. Except that they're made in out fact, of trees. Well, that, that's true. But the, the carbon from the trees was pulled from the air, so so it's a it's a closed cycle. Um, one of the things that bothers me most about Harry Potter is that like our world, you know, uh, Earth is in a tremendous sort of ecological state of peril, and the wizarding community has all of these tools that we could use as Muggles or that they could use as wizards to help us with that those problems, but they aren't. And I'm a little angry at them for that. I, I've always felt like Superman could have made, you know, more difference than just like, oh, there's a fire, I'll put out the fire. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. save the freaking world, dude. Um, yeah, but that's one of those things where... This, crank this crank and power the entire country. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those... Uh, I feel as if the, the wizards are leaving us to our own devices too much and the muggles are going to destroy the world for both the wizards and the muggles. Mm. See, so come on. I think that's come one of those on, things wizards. where in order to be able to read Harry Potter critically and thoughtfully, you can't go there because <laughs> there, are, there are a ton of, of places where uh, it, in a perfect world... The, the wizards would would come to our rescue yeah. um but but uh the books have the richness that they do precisely because they don't so i don't know i mean i kind of I, I hear what you're saying hank but well i mean but the laws of of secrecy were enacted for a reason and it's because we we uh we killed them, all. them yeah right but couldn't so, we to solve all our problems. so i think i think they're still i think they're still uh i think they're still angry at us maybe that that's plausible Angry enough to let us all kill ourselves, and to kill. Well, angry enough to to leave us to uh to our devices. I think that I think maybe that they know that we can uh, we can fix it ourselves. That's so what I was good geeks all about. Really happy in the beginning of book six when the minister came through the prime minister's office. Oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, yeah, right. But that was that was more like uh, we've screwed up. Help us. <laughs> Then, then you screwed up. We're here to help you. Though they did have people in his office, like trying to protect the prime minister. But I think you're right. I think they're a little too passive about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they just have their own problems to worry about that magic has to solve. So it kind of balances out the equation. Yeah. Right, seriously. Yeah. I mean, I'm concerned about global warming, Hank. But like in the context of of what they were dealing with at that moment, you know, 
You got to prioritize. Okay. Maybe books like <laughs> one through four. Books one through four, I can buy some some uh, ecological intervention. But after that, it got too dark. <laughs> we'll save well, the trees later. I, I would. I would like a broomstick. Uh, I, I drive a Nissan Sentra. It's pretty efficient. So but do I. Think I. It would be as efficient as a broomstick. Apple. Totally. I mean, if all, all things being equal, I would much rather operate. I don't know. Um, Harry doesn't seem to love it too much. Um, hey, guys, I know I said that like 8.30 was the time, but since we had all those issues, do you mind going until 9? No, that's fine. Okay, sure. cool. Awesome. So how about we start taking some callers? Hey. Okay. Okay. Cross your fingers. You guys can call, yeah, cross your fingers, for real. You guys can call us at one seven zero two four two leaky That's one seven zero two four two leaky and the first one who calls gets answered, so do it now. Oh, God. Dude. They've been calling throughout the whole show. Hello. Yeah, it's been Hold yeah. Everyone just got held remotely. Hello, you're on with Pottercast and the Blog Brothers. Oh my god! Squee. Who is this? What's your name? I can either. I can either. He's a quiet. All I heard was a squee. Okay. Hey, Debbie, you're on with Pottercast and the Blog Brothers. Hello? Hey! What's your question for the Vlogbrothers? Um, I'm trying to think of what I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> think I would get on. <laughs> no. I have a question for you, then. This must um, be so embarrassing for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, tour this summer, possibly. Oh. Will we tour this summer? Possibly. Hank and I went on a big, big tour, the Great American Tour to Nerdfighting, uh, with, with Hank's wife, Catherine, uh, that lasted for many weeks and saw many cities and saw the uh, total destruction of two minivans. Oh, no. And uh, <laughs> will, we, will we tour again this summer? I don't think so, but I will be in Australia. If you happen to be calling from Australia, I will be in Australia this summer. And we'll be doing events, but I don't know that we'll be doing a proper tour Hey Darcy Buckley, you're on with Pottercast and the Vlog Brothers, and please make sure your stream is muted. Hi, my name's Darcy. Um, my question is for John, and I was wondering what he's going to be doing when he's in Melbourne. If he's going to be doing any book signings? Oh, I will definitely. I'll def. There will be a number of public events in in Melbourne, and then probably, uh, hopefully, one in Sydney as well. But uh, I'm going there for the, uh, the a literature festival. Um, uh, they invited me over. It's called Reading Matters, and it's a great festival, and they have great authors every year, and I'm just I'm so excited to come to Australia. A lot of people don't know this, but Australia is sort of the center of young adult literature in, in the world in some ways. Uh, Marcus Zusak, who's uh, one of the writers mm -hmm. that I, I admire the most and, and, and a friend, and uh, uh, Melina Marchetta, who just won the Prince Award, which is the biggest award in young adult literature. Which you have uh, won. Which I, I have, I have won it. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, and uh, but, but there's so many Sonia, Sonia Hartnett, uh, um, uh, who, who wrote Margot Lanigan, who I, I I love and who just won a Prince Honor this year. So I, I'm excited to come to Australia because I'm excited to meet all of the Australian nerd fighters. But I'm also excited to like uh, touch this soil that apparently makes you write so well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Um, yeah, that's really cool. 
Thanks, Darcy. I look, for- I look forward to seeing you, and I will bring my books, and you can sign them. It'll be awesome. Awesome. <laughs> will. Now I'm jealous. I want to come. You should come, hey? Uh, hello, Callan. Welcome. Hey, hey. Um, my question is for Hank. And I've been following the Eco Geek Twitter forever, and I just realized that you run it. <laughs> oh, awesome! <laughs> That's exciting news. My question is, what really got you into helping the environment? Um, I, uh, I, I. Let's see here. I, uh, I always cared a lot. Um, and and I think when I was in college, I read a book called Ishmael by Daniel Quinn, and it sort of helped me re. Real, I mean, it, sort of a bittersweet experience in that it it kind of breaks you off from society a little bit so that you can look at the world in a, a more clear way, um, and that can be dangerous, but it can also be really useful. And I think that I, that let me uh, that let me see the uh, some of the bigger problems that we face as a society. And then I went to uh, I came out to Montana with my wife, um, and she went was going to an environmental studies graduate program. And I thought I would just get a job out here, but it turns out that there's not a lot of jobs in Montana. So I decided that I would go to the same program that she was in. And after going through that program, um, I knew a lot about environmental policy and politics and uh, technology. And I decided to leverage that into a, a blog for myself. So that's that's sort of the story of my environmental. Thanks, Brad. How have the the Vlog Brothers um, efforts really? Have they really affected EcoGeek? Has it grown because of this? I think it has. I, I see a good percentage of my traffic coming from sources that I would say are likely nerd fighters, uh, mm-hmm. coming from YouTube, um, and also often in, in comments I'll see people sign off DFTBA. Um, <laughs> so I will know that they are nerd fighters. It's like a password. Yeah, it's a total password. I just yeah. put it on Leaky for the first time. Awesome. <laughs> it's on the main page. Makes me happy. All right, hold on. Hey, Joseph. Hi, um, I have a question, um, uh, yeah. Oh. So, what brothers have? What pets what do pets? we have? Yeah. Oh, I have a West Highland White Terrier named Willie. He is a puppy, he's about nine and a half months old, and he is a holy terror. <laughs> <laughs> An uh. adorable holy teller, terror. Mm, I'm glad that you find him adorable. It's almost like he didn't keep you up all last night. <laughs> <laughs> Just about. <laughs> Hank, what's your cat's name? I forgot. My cat's name is Cameo. She oh, is a her uh, name's Cameo. Dilute tortoise shell. That's Medium a great hair. name. Yeah. Um, and I'm I, I'm such a sucker for the pun of when Cameo briefly shows up in a video. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I laugh when I see a cameo walking in the back of the frame. <laughs> You've killed Frankie. You've killed, You've killed Frankie. Frankie. Sorry, Frankie. Once in a while, there's like a to us, baby. yeah. There's like a threshold, and sometimes you kill Frankie. You push him over that threshold, and he's gone for a few minutes at least. Hey, Patrick, how you doing? You're live with Podcast and the Vlog Brothers. Hi, um... Hi! Oh my god, that's amazing. Um, hi, I have a question for, um, John or Hank. Um, are you guys coming to, um, California anytime soon? We, uh, will we come to California anytime soon, Hank? Well, it's possible that, that I will come out for Azcatraz. 
And it is possible. I have to go out there a few times a year for movie stuff, so I may do an event the next time I'm in LA. So that 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 would probably be the closest I'm likely to to be in this year. Where where is a good place for people to um, find out where you're going to be next? <laughs> yeah, no we should make where. one of those, huh? <laughs> you have a lot of websites, but that would be a good thing know. to make, considering that we have 87 websites. You think that we would have done that at some point? <laughs> yes. Uh, my, my website, sparksflyup.com is a reasonably good way of finding out where we are. Okay. Hey, you're on with podcast and the vlog brothers. What's your question? And please have one. <laughs> okay. You guys were going on about the whole like unicorn thing. Oh no. Uh -oh. I yes. I was wondering what side you're on, on the age old thing. Um, pirates, ninjas, or Vikings. Wizards. Ninjas. Oh, we, we have officially added the Vikings in. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't see this as much of a competition. To be completely honest with you, on the on the one hand, you have uh, one one legged, scurvy ridden, uh, malodorous criminals, and on the other hand, you have awesome freaking ninjas. So, to me, Vikings don't factor into my equation, and it's it's ninjas by a mile. Okay, I I completely agree. I think ninjas are are highly trained. They are sort of a at the peak of the martial experience, um, sans uh, projectile weapons, uh, and I, yeah, I, I really don't see why uh, pirates, who are basically entirely untrained and um, uh, criminals, uh, would would stand any kind of comparison. Are just criminals too. Ninja? I guess ninjas, oh, ninjas, are, ninjas, are not ninjas criminals. aren't criminals. They're they're assassins. There's a difference. Okay. All right. I got it. It's a subtle, subtle oh, distinction. Very subtle. Very little. Johnson and Frack, where are you? Mm. <laughs> I was going to say, Je yeah, wizards or Jedi. I think Jedi are pretty much the way we to go. You can just open it up to anything. Know. Zombie unicorns. Yeah, I mean, I would no, pick I'm... wizards too if I'd known yeah, that was an option. Yeah, wizards or Jedi is a, is, a, is a hot topic on Pottercast. I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> that you were going with Jedi, but I would go as Jedi as well. You know? Mm. I you would go with Jedi over more Wizard Tank? I would. I don't know. Depending on, the, depending on the depending on the wizard, the Jedi is, is trained as a warrior. Wizards typically aren't. So, yeah, wizards yeah, are pretty much true. worthless in hand-to-hand -hand combat. No, they're not. Look at Voldemort and Dumbledore in, in the book five. Hello. That's, well, they have wands. What are you talking about? But a wizard about? without a wand, it's only half a wizard. They were wanding each other. That <laughs> sounds really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was awful. <laughs> Uh, you shouldn't have gone there. <gasps> oh, but he always does. <laughs> Am I wrong? Surely that was not intentional. Okay. All right, let's see if we can get Morgan back. Hey, Morgan, are you on now? Yeah. Hey, what's your question? Um, I just found a weird connection because I saw the movie Miss Potter a while ago. And I thought it was kind of interesting how she was, like, one of the first, like, woman big authors. And how it, her, like, last name is Harry Potter's last name. I just thought it was a weird connection. I think it's cool. Yeah. Do you guys know yeah. any other famous Potters? I'm a big Beatrix Potter Beatrix fan, Potter. for the record. Yeah. Hey, who? guess who's on right now? Who's that? Lizzie! Lizzie! Lizzie. Who... Yeah, Lizzie. Hi, Lizzie! <laughs> Hey guys! Hi, Hi. Lizzie. Thanks for making our vlog possible. 
It's that Lizzie. Lizzie, who's responsible for getting you guys on podcast the first time. We love you, Thank Lizzie. Thank you. You are welcome. I um, I was just, I've been watching you guys since January of 07, and I just loved you guys. And as soon as Hank, you put that up, I had to get it to the Potter people. I had to. It was I had so to exciting for me. No, you don't understand. Lizzie didn't say, hey, Melissa, why don't you post this? She instructed <laughs> me. She was like, no, you're posting this. I was like, oh, okay. Yes. Sure. <laughs> Fun. Yeah, yeah, Lizzie, I hope so. you do know that you've changed you, you changed our lives forever. I actually specifically mentioned your name uh, in my lengthy prayer of Thanksgiving when Paper Towns was on the New York Times bestseller list. Wow. <laughs> wow. Lizzie's not going to wow. stop smiling for too long. Wow. I, I, and it's me being is such a big fan of you guys. For you to say that to me is just unbelievable. I can't. I can't imagine that. That I I can believe I had a part in that, and oh, I think you so, guys are was, awesome all by yourself. It was so exciting when we heard from you, and I was like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were really yeah. psyched. Remember, Hank? Yeah. Oh, uh, we were so giggly. She also, um, when we were at Terminus last year, when we were at that Rock Reggie's event. She she literally picked like not picked me up, but pretty much pushed me bodily right in front of you guys to say hello. <laughs> nice. Nice. And Lizzie is so technically fun. generally like a very mild manner, you know? She's Lizzie. No. Not when it comes to you guys. Yeah, I, I, I don't fangirl people or any at all. Like, I mean, I'm, you know, at least not to their face. I'll be, I'll go, I'll be respectful because <laughs> you guys are human. You know, they're just like us. But it was, I was bouncing. I was actually bouncing when I actually met you guys. It was just insane. That was a fun night. Yeah, it was, was. It was so great to meet you guys. I'm so happy you're coming. And John, that you're coming to LeakyCon is fantastic. Oh, That's and Hank, Hank, I hope Catherine says yes. And I hope you bring her with you. Because I'd love to meet her. I told okay. John that he should bring the Yeti, but I understand that if she doesn't want to come. Yeah, I think it's it's a long shot. It's possible. You never know. It's possible. That'd be a huge. <laughs> but I understand. Like, it must be scary. She's like hunted by nerd fighters. <laughs> it's a little weird for her because, of course, the, my my wife has never been seen on the, on the video blogs. That's why she's called the Yeti. And it it is weird for her when she goes to events because people get really really excited about seeing her. Yeah. And they know that they find out that she's real, and then I haven't been making her up, and they just get they get really psyched. <laughs> Yeah. Catherine, I think, has made a much wiser decision by appearing occasionally, yeah. um, and so she has has none of the mystique that the Yeti has. Oh yeah, no. Sarah do... is Sarah is very resentful of Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> you should do one big like coming out Yeti video. Show I, I have made the case repeatedly because it would be a huge hit. Yeah, she uh... won't do it. Oh, well. You should just get a Yeti costume, put her in it. <laughs> that's terrible that's brilliant <laughs> it is. that's brilliant Liz- I mean let's pool our resources Hank that is the kind of thing that eccentric thousand dares do <laughs> eccentric thousand dares yes. ow my face okay Lizzie we'll talk to you later hey Lizzie bye, Lizzie. bye in the interest of faster questions do you guys want to take some from the chat sure let's take some from the chat okay do you want to pick them right. Yes. Question Tuesday. Let them pick question right. Tuesday. Hank, you pick the first one. I'll pick the second one. I'm looking for question marks. So if you're not using a question mark, Harry Potter theme park is the question. <laughs> um, yes, sounds great. I'm, I'm in favor. For it. Perfect. All in favor, say aye. 
Hi. Hi. Okay, okay. Good, nah. good, good. Who's Black Santa? HP oh. Fanatic Girl says, John, exclamation point, talk about Black Santa. Um, in my <laughs> new book, Black Paper Santa? Towns, in, in, in my new book, Paper Towns, there's a character named Radar whose parents have the world's largest collection of Black Santas. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I have that partly because I think that it's funny and partly because the book is about imagining our stories more complexly. And I wanted to uh, sort of uh, make us think harder about what we mean when we say Santa. Um, yeah, so that's that's my justification for the Black Santas. But when I, when I was on tour, the, the Black Santas are first mentioned on page 23. And it was literally like Freebird. People would call out page 23, page 23. <laughs> please read page 23. Would they really? Wow. Yeah, no, it was crazy. See, but this is one of the most amazing things. I mean, I know you're uncomfortable with the notion of celebrity, but a celebrity author is rare. An author that people really want to get out there and see yeah. is is rare, so you're kind of bringing yeah. that alive. It's really oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, and it's uh, that's that's a blessing. I mean, I, I'm uncomfortable with, with celebrity, but I, I love being able to meet readers in real life and being able to have conversations with them and, and you know, conversations that help me to th- think about how to write books and 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 also how to read them so yeah it's a, no it's a great blessing for me yeah it's amazing all right from the chat why did you feel uh that you should include walt whitman in paper towns it was brilliant um well i like walt whitman a lot and mm-hmm. um that poem song of myself which is the sort of most famous of his poems that that poem is more about what Paper Towns is about than any poem that I have ever read. So that was the main reason I included it. That was brilliant. Hank, brilliant. do you love Neville Longbottom? <gasps> I do love Neville You're Longbottom. Better. I think that he was a fantastic character. I, I love that a character can grow so much through a, through a story arc. You're in the wrong place to say no to that question. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only, thing, the only thing that Harry Potter needed was more Nevilles. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I have Neville a question. You on Twitter. Which which Potter book is your favorite? I want to know which one you guys oh, like that, the most. Yeah, and favorite characters. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I I'm a gigantic fan uh, of Luna Lovegood. I think that she yes. is. Uh, I think she's kind of a Buddhist. Yeah. Like I, I, and and uh, it, I think we can learn a lot from her as individuals. Um, in terms of the favorite book, I think that I think. Oh, Mm, that's hard. I never, I've never thought about that. That's, I mean, how can you pick? Yeah, I'm yeah. not a big for favorites. I think favorite. I think it's too easy of a question. I'll pick ask. a favorite. Okay. Five. Um, I'm tired of I'm tired of your wishy washiness. <laughs> I'll pick okay. a favorite for me, and then I'll pick a favorite for you. Okay. Um, my favorite, my favorite character. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say a character that you don't hear a lot as a favorite character. Harry Potter. No one ever says Harry Potter. No, Harry Potter is a fantastic character. I don't really like Harry. Oh, like shut I... up! He is—he is one of the great characters in the history of contemporary yeah. literature. And I'm so people—people people are always like, mm, my favorite character, and they pick—you the know—they pick. The, Freaking Hedwig or something. Which is no nothing against Hedwig. Not nothing against Hedwig. Great character. But tell sure. me why, because I'm interested in hearing this. A lot of people say it, and for me, it has a lot to do with his heart. But 
No, like, I want to hear from an author's perspective why Harry Potter was one of the greatest great characters. I, I, I love the way I'm, that I'm, he's I'm conflicted. Sure. Like, if we think of, you know, so there are so many, uh, there are so many books, series books that have at their core, like, normal boy finds out that he's, that he has special powers and he has to save the world. Like, that idea isn't new, but I think that, that the, the ambiguity, the darkness in, in Harry's uh, life, particularly as the books go on, is so well-drawn and it's so compelling that it makes him so much different from Luke Skywalker or whatever the dude's name is in Aragon. Like, like the, hmm. it, Aragon, he, he, by the way. Oh, is it Aragon? Uh, is it or is that the dragon? <laughs> No, dragon. I don't know. So Somebody no, hasn't read his okay, Aragon. Um, but uh, I, I, I find that so impressive, and I just, I just like him. You know, I, I root for him in the way that that mm. you always root for, um, for his archetype. But I, I think he's exceptionally well drawn. So yeah, I pick Harry Potter, and then I pick, I pick Deathly Hallows, and so does Hank. <laughs> okay. but it's 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 so interesting because by necessity there has to be a little bit of a tabula rasa on Harry, or you can't really get into him so but yet as you say he's really well drawn so it's a hard balance i mean he does have to there has to be something of a tabula rasa but nothing along the lines of say a bella from twilight like Uh. he he is he is a person like you don't um you don't Mm -hmm. merely inhabit him with your body he has his own set of uh he has his own life yeah anyway i'm a big i'm a big fan of harry potter i think he's underrated Really? I do. I do. As a character, not not obviously. As a wizard. As a wizard, he is rated properly. I guess he needs some publicity. I don't know if you knew. (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of big on picking just random characters, like particularly in the wizarding law enforcement. Um, (laughs) Dollish. Who would that be? uh, That's just me. Oh, nobody. John's obsessed with Dollish. So much so that his first name got named after him. Yeah. Not fair. Wow. I want to Seriously, literally. Dollish his wow. first name is John because of this John, John Noe. Wow. It is true. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. I Some want to take your stuff right there. Me. Fact <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there are problems with She'll your get name. Around to it. There are problems <laughs> with my name? Your name they kind of means something it. on another show. No, my yeah. real name. Frankie. <laughs> screen name. There's not. That's true. Okay, what do you think? Two more questions and then we'll do the wrap-up? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Pick them good. Hank, you ask one to me from the from the chat, and then I'll ask one to you. Uh, okay. Well, it's going very quickly. A lot of Twilight. Okay, then I'll ask one, one of myself. There's one want. for me. Okay, uh, thank you. Ask describe, and answer it. You you once described Twilight as I quote McDonald's. Please explain. I don't remember doing that, but it seems like a good metaphor to me. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, I, I once because described it's, it because it's because it's delicious, but it's bad for you. <laughs> like, you know. I mean, you just unsold 150 copies of your CD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you right now. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't eat McDonald's. That's true, and I love it. Yeah, you loving it? I, 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 in a speech, I compared Twilight to Lucky Charms, um, <laughs> saying saying that it was it was magical and delicious, and I, I um, you know, sometimes 
you you feel a little bit of a, a sugar rush afterwards. Um, I, I quite I, I have to say I quite like the Twilight books. I'm often uh, I, I criticize Edward Cullen a lot as a character, mm. and I, and, I, and I mean the criticism, but I I mean I certainly they're no Harry Potter, and mm. when people try to put them in league with Harry Potter, I get really angry. But um, but yeah, they're they're definitely fun to read. Yeah. Well, it, you know, you know, it's interesting about that. Like, it, I, the the Twilight books, you sort of find yourself on page three fifty, and you turn around and you think, "When did that happen? Why yeah. am I on page three fifty right now?" So I think the the writing is particularly engaging. But I'm really tired of the Harry Potter versus Twilight debate. Like you said, there's just there's no there's no comparison. Well, it's it's a stupid so. debate, and I, I honestly I don't even think that that anyone would would argue otherwise they're just vastly different books it's it's like you know i mean harry potter holds up so well to rereading it holds up so well to a critical and and thoughtful reading of of the novels and that's not what twilight is aspires to do and it's not it's not what it does and it's not what it what it wants to do like you said it's something that that wants to be read quickly and be super fun to read and and you know the pages just fly by and it's very good at doing that yeah. there's nothing wrong with that either People no absolutely not like i said i really i i like yeah. the books a lot and i i admire their accomplishment a lot. yeah because a lot of people think when you say that like oh you're dismissive but you're not that's just what it is and that's not a bad thing yeah there exactly. are there's a whole there's a whole like industry of romance pulp. I mean, there's, it's it's not books get published like that all the time. Yeah, but it is unusually. I mean, it's yeah. it's almost unprecedentedly good as pulp. Like it is really really fun to read, yeah. and I I think that that's that that has value in and of itself. It's not this it, it it that doesn't but that doesn't make it analogous to Harry Potter at all. Who whose turn is it to ask the last question? Um, um, several people have asked John several questions. I, I'll throw out this one. Uh, tell us about conjoined twins. <laughs> <laughs> um, I own what I believe to be the world's largest collection of books about conjoined twins. Uh, when I for many years I worked at Booklist Magazine, a, an amazing book review journal published by the American Library Association, and uh, during my stint there, I somehow became the reviewer of Conjoined Twins books, which sounds like, an, like a really small job, but in fact, Conjoined Twins are very, very popular in fiction. So I've reviewed a lot of books about Conjoined Twins, and I know, I don't want to brag, but I do know a lot about Conjoined Twins. <laughs> in, in fact, I own more books about Conjoined Twins than there are Conjoined Twins currently living in the world, wow. even if you count them separately, which you should. <laughs> also I if i can just yeah so i mean it is it's so and that, like the fact that anybody can have like tw uh, fraternal twins run in families but identical twins are anomalies that anybody can have because it's just the egg splitting that is just amazing it's just it's it so could happen to any of us yeah hmm. i would love to have i'm desperate twins. to I'm desperate to have twins. I think Me that too. would be awesome. Oh, <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Mm. Yeah, but it's it's you know it's so hard to it's so hard to make happen. Uh, <laughs> you know, you just you really gotta, you got to win the twin lottery. If they came up with and like then hopefully a pill you could take to make you have twins, would you take it? 
No. Well, I mean, if they came up with a pill that would make me have twins, that would be an impressive pill. <laughs> well, it'd be trying with, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Geez. No, I mean, I would definitely take that pill. For one thing, I've always wanted to ha- uh, birth a child myself. And then for another thing, I've always wanted twins. So it would be, for me, it would be That'd be, be very expensive. I think the Yeti would like that. Oh, God, the Yeti would be thrilled. <laughs> it is interesting that, you know, women have that ability to, like, have life grow inside them and then we'll never know what that is. Yeah. No, yeah, we have no idea. Well, I have life, we all have life growing inside us, it's just not human life. <laughs> Little nasty bacteria life. Ew. Have you ever had a tapeworm? Yes. Oh. I would like to avoid ever having a tapeworm, but I can't. Yeah. But it... then you could have life growing inside of Ew. you. Your dream come true. <laughs> But I can't wait 15 years. I hope not. I hope not, yes. Send it off to college. I have a question about Blog Brothers versus um, Paper Towns. You were writing Paper Towns at at the time of Brotherhood 2.0, and then I read Paper Towns, and I noticed all these things that were in Brotherhood 2.0, and which affected the other? Right, that's a really good question and a difficult question. Uh, There are a lot of things, there are a lot of places where the two meet. For instance, I quote Walt Whitman a lot during Brotherhood 2.0, just at random moments. And I also uh, did some urban exploring where I broke into abandoned buildings in Detroit with uh, Tobin Anderson, the author of The Astonishing Life of Octavian Nothing. And the the answer to the question is that... uh, Because I was chronicling my life that year and I was telling Hank the story of my life that year, a lot of the things that I was doing for research or that I was thinking about because I was writing the book went into the book. But those were not meant in any way to to call readers away from the narrative or or to be in jokes. They aren't in jokes. They're just um, that's what at least in my experience, that's what life is like when you know a writer. You always see them in in the work. Um, for better or worse. And so I, I really, I worried about that a lot because I didn't want it to take people away from the story or to pull them out of the story in any way. But, you know, I can only write the book that I can write. The be- you know, and my responsibility is to write the best book I can write. And, you know, ultimately, they're reading the book. Nerd fighters read the book as if we are friends, uh, which it, in many important ways we are. So, it, you know, it, it was a weird uh, thing, but I've been very gratified to hear from people that they haven't felt like it uh, distracted from, from the reading experience, which is, which is good because I, it was something I worried about a lot. Even when Quentin screamed, I love nerds. <laughs> um, that may be the only moment in the book. He's, re- he's not referring to nerds. He's referring to the candy. And that may yeah. be the only moment in the book that is a... Um, it's it's not so much a call out to nerd fighters; it's a call out to all nerds everywhere. Yeah, this also happened. I just started reading. Um, what was it? You're, you're a book. Um, look at uh, no, abundance of Catherine's. Thank you. And you told the story on a video once that is in an abundance of Catherine's, the T ball story. <laughs> yeah. But, Did I really? Yeah, um, it's in there. Shows, I don't know about the one arm guy. I must have been hard up for material that day. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I mean, there's a lot of good t-ball stories about me, but I was I was uh, beaten out for the all-star team in t-ball, uh, <laughs> and my parents, uh, I, w- I was an alternate on the team. Um, I was declared an alternate on the team, and I didn't want to leave for to visit my grandparents for Thanksgiving because I thought that my services as an all-star alternate might be needed in the all-star game. <laughs> 
And to placate me, my parents made me a trophy that says John Green, 1984, all-star in our hearts. Oh. I used to play T-ball, and I was right field every other inning. <laughs> every other... <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much my position as well. <laughs> but I pick flowers, and they get mad at me. Oh, go on. Oh, it, it, in 2007, we went on tour, and we played, um, we got challenged to what was it? Wiffle ball oh, with Harry and the Potters. Uh, Do we need to bring this up? This is this a painful memory. <laughs> oh my god! There's a video somewhere. Didn't go well. Extreme nerds and playing wiffle ball against guys who spend their lives jumping up and down on stage. And playing wiffle ball. Playing wiffle ball. Oh, it was bad. Bad things. But that Frank, Frank, that was before you joined us. I know. Pre my time. Use my skills. Is... Frankie, I want you to ask <laughs> they... that very important question. Oh, your skills okay, is. On the show, we have boiled down our essences to Melissa is a cup of coffee because she enjoys coffee. John is a burrito because he enjoys burritos. Sue is a glass of butter beer because she enjoys the butter beers. I <laughs> am a, glass, a bottle of Pellegrino because I enjoy the bubbly waters. What... If we were going to do a rendering of you guys, mm. you guys say food or beverage item or something along that esque path, would you be? I would be a corn dog. Yes. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Hank would definitely be a corn dog. Uh, Hank's. If, if, like, the, the thing that would make Hank happiest in the world is if he walked into a room one night and it was Helen Hunt holding two corn dogs. <laughs> I don't know why there's only two. Why are there only two? He asked. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's Helen Hunt in a room with 486 corn dogs. You're just swimming in corn dog. (laughs) I would be a cheeseburger. Oh, God. Are are you Excellent. a Buffett fan? Cheeseburgers Paradise, you know. That's awesome. Yes, I, I I believe that that cheeseburgers are themselves paradise wherever you're eating them. What do you have on your burgers? Uh, m- ketchup, mustard, onion, and tomato. No lettuce. No lettuce. Okay, that's important. We need to know that for the. That's jar. an important question. Yeah. If I well, if I get the lettuce, I eat it on the side. Oh, okay. <laughs> like a rabbit. Hey, that's funny. I just asked you, real bunny. <laughs> Uh, Okay, Um. let's go to the wrap-up, guys. I wish that this could go on forever. Me too, it's fun. My cheeks hurt. Me too from laughing. (laughs) Well, you guys have to come back. Oh, we would be so honored if you would have us back. Uh, yeah. That would be really nice. I'm going to call you first this time. (laughs) Well, if you're at, at LeakyCon, I'm sure we're, we're doing podcasting. That'd be cool. Just yeah. Just awesome. Like, ask. Please come. Have we thought <laughs> out our, whole, uh, to... our, our YouTube uh, presence at, uh, at LeakyCon? Does that feel well, like... I have a feeling that if the Ustream thing keeps to... keeps bleh, If the Ustream thing keeps working, we'll probably do live stuff. No, I just figure because... Um, I mean, even even beyond that, how it seems like a couple of years ago, you know, was when podcasting got to be pretty big, and then, you know, around that time, shortly after, I guess, Wizard Rock became really, really big, 
And it seems like more recently, like this past year, has been more of the year of the YouTube. And there's yeah. a lot of people at the con who will be in on, who have uh, YouTube channels and stuff. I just, I don't know if we thought out well, anything in our programming, or informal programming. You know, I heard that there were a lot of YouTubers coming, and I'm pretty positive that the LeakyCon organizers are looking into doing something for the YouTube audience, you know, whether it's hmm. a panel of fun YouTubers or just some sort of get-together, you know? Oh, I think there should be, like, yeah. this huge, cool. like, collaborative video of all what? the YouTubers who are present. That's a good that idea. Works. I think that would be insane. Is Obama going to be there? Because somebody just said Obama was going to be there. Well, last rumors. week when we talked about who was coming on our show, John kind of told everybody that it was going to be J.K. Rowling and Barack Obama. Yeah, I kind of shipped them. <laughs> That's like the hottest ship in town right now. Joe Obama. Joe Obama. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I assume he'll come to LeakyCon because yeah. I know that he's never missed a con before this. <laughs> yes. Ever. Right. That's very nice. He was at Rock Reggie's. <laughs> he was. Remember? He was, that the, he was the tall one. That was fun. Were you guys there for the big moment of Rock Reggie's when Harry kissed Draco? Whoa. No. Harry kissed Draco. I mean, it's possible, no, I don't it's think possible so. that I was there. Um, that, that evening deteriorated very quickly. Uh, there's a video. There's a video on the internet. I, I, it's a very unfortunate thing, but Warren Fairweather put a, put a video on the internet of me dancing to Wizard Rock, no. um, that that haunts my nightmares still. No. Uh, there's about 800 comments, each each reading OMFG. John can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's in our little pre-roll video too. <laughs> oh, great! Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, not that video. There's I'm glad another. To see that that's getting more play. It's another one of you dancing. Yeah. It's when you were doing the punishment with the recreating of the photos. Oh, oh. boy, yeah. It's a great video. Thanks. Both <laughs> of them. Oh, that's funny. No, but, um, no, the account's going to be great. So, yeah, we're going to have some sort of YouTube presence there. Yeah. That'd be awesome. cool. Now, Hank, have you ever been to Disneyland? Is that the one in California? Yes. No, I've been to the one in Florida a lot of times. Well, the one in California has the most good corn dogs. Oh my god, the best corn dogs. Mm. I don't know, the the Western Montana Fair has some pretty amazing corn dogs. Mm. I'm not saying they're better, I'm just saying they're good. You're in Montana? That's where Missoula is? Yes. What's it like in Montana? It seems like one of those places I have no knowledge about. Right, yeah, I think when people think of it, they think of it the same way they think of, like, Uganda. It's like, oh, it's over there, right? Yes. Right. Cowboys. Is it like Uganda? Unabomber. It's nothing like Uganda. Yeah, what are the main differences? Um, we have electricity and clean drinking water and <laughs> well, corn Well, you've, just, just you've just unsold more copies of your CD So Jokes to all of our Ugandan listeners. Oh my gosh, we haven't, we haven't spoken about you So Jokes at all. I'm so sorry. Can we do this now? Can you tell us yeah. about your CD? Uh, okay. I have a CD. Uh, it's called So Jokes. It has over 20 tracks on it that were con- uh, for the most part uh, composed as part of Brotherhood 2.0, uh, the song Wednesdays project, in which I have to write a song every Wednesday. There's a song on here uh, by Lauren Fairweather as well that I covered. Oh, we love Lauren. 
and one by Leanne Graham that I covered. Really? Oh, cool. Very cool. Which one is hers? Uh, it's a Alaska. song about John's book, Looking for Alaska, called Looking cool. for Alaska. It's a great yeah. song. Uh, yeah, it's, it so it's like song. it's like a real studio produced album. Yeah. I, I am extremely excited about it. When we were on tour, we listened to it about four hundred times, and I never got tired of it. Uh, it, it it's it's what I listen to when I run, uh, <laughs> on those unfortunate occasions when I am uh, when I am uh, chained to the treadmill, running in an attempt to um, uh, become an in shape person for the two thousand twelve Olympics, and uh, <laughs> uh, and it's just it, yeah. Uh, you can only get it at www.dftba.com. Can you send us a track or a piece of a track and we'll put it in the show? Yes. Yeah, Hank will send you a piece of book eight. Nice. Sure. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about book eight. Yes. Yeah? You deal with the epilogue. Is it that, that it ends the book or do you really hate the epilogue? I think It's okay. We won't stone you. the epilogue. That it... Uh... It's all too pretty. Okay. Yes, I agree. Like, the but... world just isn't that pretty. And Harry Potter was never that pretty. Like, the books weren't, like, nothing ever fit together that well. Nobody was ever that happy. And and you just can't, like, that, like, that nice little bow on it all just doesn't fit for me. And so that's how I felt. Like, when I, when I read the book and I finished it, I was really grateful for that. To be honest, I was like, oh, thank goodness, Harry Potter, everything's okay, everybody's happy, there's been no resurgence of darkness. Um, but now looking back on this, like when I read it the second or third times, it was sort of like, ah. <laughs> um, See, my take on I, it is that, um, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was also, I, I, I was I was happier when I, there was, somebody did it, a live chat with Joe, a long live chat with lots of questions, and that made me a lot more happy than me, I loved it. The one the day after. Yeah. Yeah. That was a long chat. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, answer, 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 Uh answer. Uh-huh. You know, for me... No, no, you, Melissa. No, 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 no. I insist. I get to say this all the time. Go. Say it anyway. She does. Well, my deal is that it it is that, that contrast, that Harry had this terrible life in which he was searching for family so hard and he finally got it and that's why things seemed perfect even if they maybe they weren't you know he was a normal guy who has a job like his life is boring his life is kind of commonplace and that's i think that's part of the point my the the last sentence of the book and i know that i misread it but the last sentence of the book immediately made me think oh god the scar is about to trouble him (laughs) <laughs> Wait, what? You know, like, when's the last time that you were like, this scar hasn't troubled me in 20 years until dot, now? Dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. It felt like such a dot, dot, dot moment to me, and I was like, awesome, seven new books about adult Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Troubling scar. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter and the newly troubling scar. <laughs> what does it mean this time? <laughs> my cheeks, my cheeks. <laughs> no, it's true. She did. She did when she came on Pottercast. Somebody. She said that she used to laugh at like titles when she'd heard of titles of fan fiction that were like, "My name is Lily Potter. You thought I was dead. You were wrong." <laughs> so, I have to go let the dog out. Unfortunately, yeah, it is about time. We. Oh God, it's late. Okay, guys. Um, here we go. Till next time, guys. Keep twiddling those dials. The next password is 
Pamplemousse. <laughs> Keep each other safe. Good, Good night. We've missed it. Toppy is free. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Good night. All right, I'm going to take out the dog. It's an emergency. All right. Um,